I remember prior to marrying my husband. So I met him when I was about 23. I remember for at least a year prior to dating and marrying him of laying in my bed at night and thinking about escaping in the middle of the night. Wait, what? Welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. My name is Aldo Martin. And I'm Cousin Eddie. And together, we're going to explore what it's like to be in and leave a religious cult. For more info on the Reclamation Podcast, or to tell your story, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Aldo B. Martin. We're going to do things a little bit differently today. Cousin Eddie is not with us uh, for this episode. Instead, we're bringing back Christina from episode 12. Hey, Christina. Hey, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. And today we're going to be interviewing Christy. Christy, you've had a life that is filled with, as Dr. Melton would say, the full range of humanity, to say the least. You, too, were a part of this organization that we've been discussing throughout the podcast. However, life has turned out well for you in the sense that you've reclaimed your identity and all of the highlights and flaws. So let's start at the end. Who are you and what do you do today? Hi, thank you so much for having me here today. Um, I just want to start by saying I completely admire what you're doing. Thank you. Um, This is a huge task because it's so complex and involves so much. And um, I really appreciate it. Um, Where I am today, I live in Denver, Colorado, or just outside of Denver. And I am a mom, a wife first of 27 years, a mom of six children, uh, ages 25 to 13, And um, I'm in the process of getting licensed as a licensed professional counselor. Um, I just finished my training last year. I um, did a counseling program with an emphasis in trauma. And um, my focus in working with people is resolving trauma um, so that they can move on and uh, become the people that they're meant to be and and really understand uh, what their needs are once the trauma is resolved. So um, I work with a, um, a mental health clinic. We have five uh, prescribers that we work with, and um, I really love the work that I do there. The reason I went with that organization is because they're Medicaid providers and because they do have the medication um, component. Um, my three youngest children are adopted out of foster care, and we would not have made it without Medicaid. Um, and so that's something that's really important to me to be able to provide to the community. I understand. I understand. Yeah. Thank you for saying all that. Now, before we define or further define the things that you do today, Let's go backwards, right? Okay. Let's go back in time. Let's go back to your past and how it pertains to this church that we've been talking about. How old were you when you joined the church and how old were you when you left? So I was 16 years old when I joined. I left in 2000, 2002 
and I joined in 1987. 15 years. So 15 years. So about 31 years old? Yes. Okay. Go with that. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. So you see, and and I, I think it's important for us to say, um, for us to say uh, uh, the ages that you were involved as opposed to saying the total number. Because, right, we could say 15 years and that sounds, you know, that could be anything, right? But right. when you say from 15, or excuse me, 16, mm-hmm. from 16 years old to about 31, 32 years old, that's a different story because we're going from a from a girl to right. a to a young woman, right? right? To a married woman, to a mom. Yeah. Right? And and it's 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 different. Like you're you're a different person when you left than when you entered. Right. And, and right. I think that's and important. Case in point, my husband joined the church his third year of law school. So his brain development personhood, all of that was developed prior to joining the church. So yeah. for him leaving, it was not easy. There's nothing easy about leaving the church, but it was a whole different process. For me, for him, it was regaining his identity. For me, it was finding an identity. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. when you join, like you be, you know, you discover who you are, you know, when you were just joining the organization. So yeah, that's, that's gotta be a completely different experience. Yes. So, so he's had to be patient with me. <laughs> so, so let's so so let's stay with that. So let's talk about leaving the church, right? You you described to me um, in in our um, um, conversations or correspondence prior to this interview, you you described to me that leaving the church was like the peeling of an onion. Mm-hmm. Can can you explain that to us? What that means? It was definitely a process of um you know the onion peeling the wool coming off the eyes you know all the diff- however you want to describe it it was not one day i woke up and said i shouldn't be here or this is wrong or this is not what god intended or this is not you know it wasn't one day it was a process of many different things happening to get me to the point where I could leave. Um, There was so much fear built into um, the idea of leaving and so many layers of that. Uh, The church is, the ICOC is proficient at scaring people to death that if they leave, their entire life will fall apart and they will go to hell and um, they will lose all their friends and everything that matters will be gone. Um, and so unpeeling that and seeing through that when, like we said, I was a young child, basically, when I entered. Um, and so uh, it was deep in my core mm-hmm. of beliefs. My core mm-hmm. beliefs in, in involved the fact that I had to be there. And and your identity. You, you mentioned my that before. Identity. But I feel like those those things have to be... Um, uh, they're married to each other in your case, you know, mm-hmm. like they, they really are. So we're talking about the difficulty. So the time that you were with the church, man, that's your entire, by the time you left, you had already spent your entire adult life with the church. Yes. Entire adult life. And you, you talked about how the church was proficient at scaring people to death about leaving. 
Mm-hmm. If you can relive that or 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 rephrase it again, how difficult was it for you to leave or to come to the conclusion to even want to leave? I remember prior to marrying my husband. So I met him when I was about 23. I remember for at least a year prior to dating and marrying him of laying in my bed at night and thinking about escaping in the middle of the night. Wait, what? Can you you say that part again? (laughs) I, I remember laying in my bed at night and thinking about how I could escape. And, and and how I could leave in the middle of the night and nobody know that I was gone. What did but you I had want, nowhere what did you to want go. To esca- what did you want to escape? The church. And, and and if that meant escaping him, you're okay with that? Escaping. You, you're talking about this escaping. This is prior, prior to meeting my husband. Oh, prior to. I'm sorry. I thought it was no. with. My bad. Sorry. No, bad no, host. Good. Bad host. I didn't no, hear you're that good. part. You're good. It's, it's <laughs> okay. a lot. It's okay. a lot. Just before meeting him. Like yeah. a year I would say probably a year to two years before meeting him, I would try to visualize being able to leave. But my entire life was wrapped up in the organization. There was no way I could leave in my mind. I had nowhere to go. And I had been convinced since I was 16 years old. um, And I don't like to use names, but I will use this one. Uh, Russ Yule was my youth minister, and um, he was really efficient in convincing me that my parents were not able to be what I needed them to be. And so even though I had loving parents who would have welcomed me home at any time, I had been systematically taught that I could not go home to my parents. So the name that you just mentioned is a uh, is one of the leaders of the church, and correct me if I'm if my understanding is is incorrect here. Are you saying that one of the leaders of your church was trying to say that your parents weren't enough? Absolutely. And then what would be the replacement then? So if they're not enough, then what is enough? God's leaders in God's church. God leaders in God's church. Yes. And God's Specif- leaders. Go ahead. Specifically Russ and and his wife, who were directly discipling me in my high school years. Man. C- Christina, I know you wanted to say something earlier. I'm sorry. This is in- oh, this is intense. No. We're we're already intense. <laughs> I, I, no, I, I was just gonna ask because you mentioned that you were you were twenty-three when you were thinking about escaping. And mm-hmm. you've been there since you were 16. And so it's like, that's a, long, that's a lot of years and a lot of relationships that you would have been leaving. Is that part of the reason that you had so much fear? Um, yes. Yes. It was a lot of relationships because I was involved with a lot of different people and leading different ministries. Um, so a lot of different leaders, but also a lot of different people in my ministries. Um, but I knew emphatically that to leave the church was to leave all those relationships and Mm -hmm. to leave everything I knew and everything. And, and, and part of, um, part of my indoctrination into the organization was, um, 
breaking, we, I think you've talked about this in other podcasts, the idea of breaking people down. Um, and so there was the process of breaking me down, um, breaking down my confidence, ba- breaking down um, the things that I felt secure in, breaking them down, taking me down to, I, I forget, brokenness, uh, there are a lot of words for it. Yeah, no, I- Breaking down my confidence and then turning it around on me and calling me insecure. So the very people who would call me insecure and like I couldn't handle things on my own were the same people who were breaking down my confidence. And so there was a sense that I couldn't do anything without the church. Um, There were frequently stories told of um, people who would leave the ministry would be delivering pizzas. And, um, you know, you have my husband who had just graduated law school, who was told that he couldn't get a real job if he left the church or left the ministry, that he would go to hell if he left the ministry because God had given him the gifts to be in the ministry. Wow. That is... That's insane. And then they said, and then the message that your youth uh, leader was giving you that your even your parents, you know, wouldn't be there for you. If Absolutely. You Not just wouldn't be there, but they wouldn't be enough to help. Right. Mm. right. Right. And so my parent, you know, my parents and I, we had our issues prior to being part of the church. And, and, it's not your, like we were close. And your parents were members of the church, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. We, they were in um, Kip's. Kip McKean's Bible talk. Oh and, man! Oh man! You, uh-huh. you too soon! Too soon! Too soon! Too soon! We were leading. We were leading up. We were leading up. <laughs> we actually moved to Boston to be a part of Kip's ministry. We moved down the street from him, so we were right there. I'd like to talk about. Well, you just mentioned how difficult it was to leave. Right? It was this imprisonment type of thing, and. And you weren't the only one. There were many people that felt the same way. But I want to talk about what was life like in the church, Mm -hmm. right? I'd like to paint a picture for the audience for them to see what a day-to-day, what what, what the day-to-day life was for an average member. However, you were not the typical average member. No. No? And your your podcast keeps reminding me of that. I'm the they. I, I'm the other. I'm the leader. <laughs> so, so Christy was one of the leaders of the organization, and and we we they were broken up into evangelists and all this other stuff. But she was one of the leaders, and yes, she says that our episodes keep mentioning they. And I, I have to be honest here because this is for me. This is the first time that I'm speaking with a a former leader like that. And there's many of them that have left a bad taste in my mouth. And it's best that we never see each other. (laughs) But I've heard you speak before, Christy. I've heard you speak before. I've heard you tell your story before. And what was striking about you speaking, not just what was in your story, but how you delivered your story, what was striking to me was, you were honest, you were transparent, and you recognized how it wasn't just the leadership 
affecting you, but it was also you affecting other people. And and how you admitted to that, and I thought that that was I thought that was brave, and I thought that was noteworthy, and that's what made me want to reach out to you, because that's not a common thing. So I, I want to give you credit for that. Oh, but thank you. Yeah, man, because it's it's this is a serious thing. This is a really serious thing, and I, I really want the audience to understand how. Yeah, you've heard cousin Eddie and I we we joke about this, and I'm at a stage now where I laugh a lot of it off. But there was a lot of tears before there was laughter. Tell you that right now. There was a lot of tears before there was laughter. So for every laugh that you hear us make, it's replacing a few tears. And that is the dead honest truth. So, so Christy, please, how involved were you in the church? The church was all encompassing in my life. Um, And do you want roles or kind of what my life looked like in that role. I think what your life looked like in that role, I think both. I, I don't think, is it, is it possible to separate the two? I don't think so. Probably not. I mean, I, I was one of those people who was raised up. I don't know if you guys have used that term, but raised up quickly. Let's pause um, right there. Let's pause right there. Audience raised up. Raised up was what everybody aspired to. We all wanted to be raised up. It's like, what? Yo, he got raised up now. Yes. 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 For real, that's how it went. It really was. Even even being tapped to being a a, a discipler on the other side, like a discipling partner being the leading half, you're like... Oh, I have oh, my first assignment. Oh, oh, we, we, I set it up for tomorrow and we're going to go have coffee. And I already picked out the spot because you're just so excited to finally be on this path to leadership. That was that's such right. a big a So big that's role. So that's the first step. And then you're given some sort of responsibility where you, you can, you know, you disciple another person, mentor another person, and then you're given a Bible talk. Yeah. Oh, snap. And our yeah. Bible talk is a small group of people that that you lead. And I remember me and my my best friend, we used to call it, we used to, <laughs> you guys instead, it. instead of Bible talk leader, we would just call it BT and we would call each other big time. We'd be like, yo, what's up, big time? All right, big time, baby. <laughs> know what I mean? All right. Wow. So that's how we went with it. So inside joke, he knows who he is. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to him, but it's okay. Anyway. And then after that is, you know, then you're given more responsibility to lead more people. And that's what it means to be raised up. So, Christy, I'm sorry for that. I'm going to be doing that a lot. Oh, you had more fun in and out than me. So So you were raised up. Immediately, yes. Immediately. How? What are you talking about immediately? How soon? I I, I can't remember life where I wasn't leading. Oh, wow. Okay. Um. You know, I, I, I came in kicking and screaming. So because my parents had, um, you know, they had brought moved us up there to be a part of the church. So I was actually having mock Bible talks like <laughs> prior to prior to my repentance. Sorry. Oh, I was saying like with your, your dolls and stuff? No, or? no, no. My oh, okay. Parents, I'm sorry. I was picturing no. you growing up pretending to have. That would be nice. My parents <laughs> were driving up to Boston for for Bible for Kip's Bible talk. And so the nights that they were gone was party night at my house. Okay. <laughs> so we called it Bible talk night. 
And it- <laughs> oh, wow. All right, there we go. There we go. It was so- uh, it was a, it was a speakeasy. <laughs> Oh, and actually, yeah, Bible Talks made it into my yearbook that year because uh, <laughs> some people had quite a bit of fun there. Um, wow, so, that's impressive. So I was a wild child, and um, I think I was seen as a child, a challenge. And you know, we bring her in, and and she's immediately a leader because I was aggressive and. Uh, persuasive and um, yeah, I just had that going okay. on. Okay. And probably easy to talk to because I mean, we, you know, we've just met and I feel like that's a, a good quality of a leader as well. well. Thank you. So, so now you're raised up and what does your life look like? What does your day to day look like? So it's funny because I was getting ready for this tonight. I am not a night person and oh. I'm like, and I, and I was thinking through it. I'm like, I'm not a night person because it was a sin for me to go to school without having my quiet time. So it started, I mean, my days started very early in the morning. I mean, if you think of high school starting like 730 in the morning, but I've got to get my full quiet time in before I go to school. That's right. What was your quiet time? Can and, you describe um, that? My quiet time was seven chapters of the Bible. Whoa. And it Girl, leaked. I did seven lines. Yes. <laughs> you, you were a very ambitious. And, well, not because of me, but because I was taught seven was the perfect number and that's what we're supposed to do. And um, so... In order to be a leader in Russ's group, I needed to read seven chapters a day and pray at least half an hour. And that was on top of all the schoolwork and all the hormones and everything else that goes along with being a high school student. So my day started very early. And you did this every day before school? Pretty much. Yeah. 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 I think there's a lot of listeners that can relate to that. I think so. And and to interject a little bit of humanity here. Yo, listen, man, this is for the listeners right about now. Chrissy's talking about you had to pray for at least a half hour. And that was standard, right? Everybody heard that. But here's my question, man. How many of y'all fell asleep when you prayed? Because I know I did. Oh, big and time. Then, and then when I woke up, I thought I sinned greatly. Big time. <laughs> big, big time. While I'm wiping the but, drool. However. Like, God, I'm sorry, God. No, but that you brought back a memory. You're bringing back stuff that, you know, I just haven't thought about for years. But okay. there were adult teen leaders that worked with us. Yep. So we would pray in groups. And to me, the adult teen leader who fell asleep during the prayer was not as spiritual as me because I'm still awake and they're asleep. Oh, so now you got, now there's mind games where you're like, all right, all right, all right. This guy ain't really about it. It's insane. This stuff is insane. Uh, who, who, brought, who brought Sleepy over here? <laughs> who, who says Sleepy could disciple me? You better sit down with, you better with your sleep. somebody else. <laughs> you yeah. better sit down Wait. with your sleepy ass. You better get out of here. <laughs> but these, these team leaders were working full-time jobs. Yes, they were. And then they were full-time at night 
with yes. teenagers. Yes. And then in leaders meetings with Russ or whoever, multiple times a week, and not just in a meeting, but being bombarded, harassed, yelled at, screamed at, kicked at. I mean, these teen leaders went through hell and back, and then they'd show up for us. You said kicked at. You mean literally? Not physically. Oh, okay. My bad. All right. Okay. Nope. Just had to just had verbally, to ask that. verbally, emotionally. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, and I know this because I was in the team ministry also, and the team workers went through hell. Yeah, they went. They went through hell. I'm not yeah, even my, gonna lie. My brother and my uncle worked in the teen ministry, and it just it ate them alive. Mm. Wow. And and so, you know, looking back on it, it's so, so shameful, my attitude toward them. But that's where I was at. That's you were what I knew. That's what I understood. Yeah. So so now you're 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 getting more responsibility and and you were living in Boston or in the in the Boston area area. Were you directly in Boston? We were in Boston. We were oh, in Boston. Oh, that's Lexington. right. You said your parents your parents moved to Boston we, specifically to be members of the church. Right. Um I do remember you telling me or writing and saying that you left Boston at some point. Right. I graduated high school in 1989, and I went on the Seattle Uh, mission By the way, by the way, by the way, 1989 is the year after the release of Coming to America. I have to interject Coming to America at least (laughs) once an episode. That was a a teen group activity for sure. What's that? We watched that. Many times. Watching oh, Coming to America? Oh, yeah. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I got to show my kids. I don't think my kids have seen it. So Let me tell you we something about sure kids. I, sh- I introduced it to my sons last year. And the moment that I was the most proud was when my 10-year-old. No, well, how old was he? Yeah, 10-year-old. He opened the door to the basement and yelled out. And he goes, Dad. Coming to America's on TV, and it's from the beginning. I said, "Oh hell yeah!" I ran upstairs, and it was a it was a family moment. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man, I'm sorry, my bad. I so, love that. So 1989, you leave Boston. Yes. To go where? To the on the Seattle mission team. What does that mean? Next time on. The reclamation. Because I was a leader in the church. One, oftentimes people were pushed into baptism who were not ready. And they were critiqued. And they were um, yelled at and told they were unspiritual. <laughs>